inside the virtual hardwood, it's the NLSC Podcast, episode number 394. Andrew with you once again, I am Andrew in the Forum and Andrew NLSC on Twitter. My co-host is Derek, you know him as Deeper 3 in the Forum, and he is Deeper 384 on Twitter. Oh, happy to be here again. And just so everybody knows, Andrew finally got his hands on the PS5 version of NBA 2K22, and he spent a little bit of time with it. Incredible. I mean, I mean, getting a game after it's released, or close to its release, within a month of its release. So what a novel concept. You and your physical copies. Although you <laughs> told me something um, before the show that I didn't realize, and of course I went on a rant afterwards, uh, because I think it's ridiculous, that the digital copy is quite a bit more expensive than the physical copy in Australia. And obviously that's not the way it works here. The, the price that we pay for the digital copy is the same as the physical copy. Well, I should clarify something here. And that is the, uh, the physical copy from JB Hi-Fi, which is a major retailer here, much like, uh, I, I guess, Best Buy or et cetera over there, electronics and whatnot, they sell it for uh, $79 at launch. It's now gone up to $89 uh, post-launch. Most stores like EB Games, which is the uh, which is Australian GameStop, uh, they sell it for $109.95, I believe, which is the same price it is digitally. So it is the same inflated price uh, digitally, but JB Hi-Fi traditionally sells their copies uh, a bit lower than other stores, so that's why they're one of my preferred retailers. Uh, unfortunately, this time around, and, and of course we are still in the midst of, of a pandemic and a lockdown here in New South Wales, in Australia, and the postal service is a bit slow. We're only getting post uh uh, three days a week, then two days a week, then three days a week again. So things are a bit uh, a bit messed up, admittedly, at the moment. But uh, I opted for uh, Standard Post rather than uh, Parcel Post. And Parcel Post is still fairly regular and, and comes very uh, fairly quickly because they have the courier side of Australia Post and also independent couriers. So I went for Standard Mail. And if it uh, if it fits through a mailbox, they you can send it as a letter, basically. So that's what happened. So I'm still waiting for that copy to come from JB Hi-Fi, um, I, I may refund it, I may get a ref- seek a refund on it rather, I may uh, put it up as a prize for a, maybe a tournament or, or a giveaway of some kind on the site, because I will have that extra copy, but uh, after speaking to JB Hi-Fi's uh, support staff, uh, it, uh, it was clear that it's, I basically just have to wait for that to come in, uh, so I went and actually got a, I did go to JB Hi-Fi and, uh, and bought a physical copy, um, not, uh, not pre-order, of course I still have my pre-order bonuses to uh, to collect, so that's uh, that was nice at least. But it it did remind me that yeah, obviously prices is an issue. I mean, if you can save money, even twenty bucks, you know, you're not or thirty bucks, you're not going to uh, turn that down. But but yes, my love of physical copies is uh, did work against me this time because if I did have a uh, a, uh, a digital copy, yes. Australian internet is uh, slower than other areas in the world, but I still would have had it on launch weekend at least. I would have been able to start downloading it, preloading it, and uh, and so forth. But uh, yeah, my, my love of physical copies and, and having something collectible and tangible uh, did work against me in this uh, in this instance. I'm still stuck on the fact that your preferred retailer upped the price to $10 more after a week. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, no, that's crazy. But still, uh, it's still cheaper than other. It's still twenty bucks cheaper than everywhere else, even with that price increase. So yeah, it's uh... exactly. So I guess that's the bonus part of it. Um, yeah, like you said, we could probably use um, put that other copy out there for like maybe one of our NLSC tournaments. You know, uh, after this NBA Live Ten tournament, 
concludes, we can um, do a tournament on another game, uh, try to get, you know, eight to 16 NLSC members into the tournament and the winner um, gets the copy, unless it's you or I, if we're participating. I don't know how we'd work that out. Um, like if we win the tournament, we don't need the copy and certainly you don't. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> Congratulations. <that doesn't> <laughs> I'm doing a board yeah, survey presenting myself <laughs> with a copy. Right. So I'm actually more, um, more curious because we haven't talked about it enough. And I know that you've still been playing NBA 2K14 my career and you've been really into that and I've gotten a bunch more highlights from you and I love looking at him as really good dunks and blocks and steals and um, you losing your shorts and <laughs> yeah all that stuff um, if you're into that sort of thing oh sure yeah. but but I am curious because you actually got got on the sticks with NBA 2K22 next gen because you weren't fond of the current gen gameplay and I still think you're not but how did it feel on PS5 and what were your first impressions? Yeah, so I mean, I much like 2K21, I thought, well, this is much better than the current-gen version. This is where the, the work has gone into it. Uh, definitely uh, far more positive impressions. You know, I've been building up a little bit because you've been mentioning how much fun you've been having with the game and enjoying it with your brothers and some solo gameplay as well. And I've had a similar experience so far. I, I did uh, take to the gameplay much, uh, much more than the current-gen version. The, the, the sliding is there. There's, there are still legacy issues there. I, I was not surprised. I was, I was. I did go in expecting that, but I did. I did like the shooting a lot more than on current gen, which is weird because it is basically the same uh, mechanics. Uh, m- maybe I'm just uh, getting used to it, perhaps. But I, I did like the the shooting. I, I do still feel that the the CPU can close out and take away your. Uh, take away your space a lot better than they you can take away their space they they still tend to splash uh heavily contested shots or so it feels to me i feel like i've done a good job of getting under them getting in their face and taking away that uh, that airspace um and they're still making those shots whereas they can very easily uh force a, a bad miss on your end i feel that's still an issue but generally speaking uh i, I was uh, i did have uh, positive impressions I, th- I think the biggest frustration for me is that it, it feels like it has some very nasty comeback logic because I got up by 10 or 15, I'm still playing hard and playing the right way, but all of a sudden I'm missing the open shots, they're, they're making the contested shots, I'm missing layups with uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and and it just felt like a, a bit false. Uh, so there's still kind of some of that falseness and contrived moments in this generation that uh, that bothers me a bit but apart from that i, I did have fun uh, i'm playing it with the latest patch which adds the uh the, the broadcast camera back again and i i did i was i was kind of impressed by that camera cut i posted it on twitter it's it's one of those things as I, we were talking about it and i said it, it probably could get annoying after a while but I, I do appreciate what they're doing as far as the presentation goes there yeah my, my first time on the stick so i playing uh, Suns versus Bucks, myself as the Bucks, CPU obviously taking the uh, control of the Suns. Yeah, I, no, I, said, I, I played that and thought, okay, yeah, this is this is a game that I will be playing this year. I, unfortunately, I'm so so into the 2K14, uh, my career, as you said, that I'm kind of um, splitting time between the two because although I have this shiny new game to play and I want to play it and give my impressions and create content on it, at the same time, I've got this unfinished business that I didn't quite finish before the game came out. So and you're enjoying, and you're enjoying it. Oh, like absolutely! Board, yeah, it's like a slog. It's like I, I you're really enjoying it. Yeah, it's one of those things yeah. where I've got to finish the retro kick. It's it's got to run its course before I can truly put it aside. 
um, which is kind of what I've done with NBA Live 10, apart from the tournament as well. I'm not playing that as much by myself anymore, but yeah, uh, I, I do have to run through that kick and, and see it through to its end, especially since I'm basically at the playoffs now. Uh, having played a season in just a couple of couple of months, it's quite... Uh, uh, yeah, that's how much I've been hitting that over the past couple of months playing 2K14. But I am enjoying 2K22 so far. First impressions are quite positive, especially compared to current gen. I do want to give current gen more of a chance. I think it's one of those things where I had a bad first impression. Um, also, we had some PC performance issues at the time as well, which didn't help uh, help matters. Definitely seeing less of those... Uh, defensive lapses by uh, AI teammates, which is very welcome to see. Although it's still kind of there, and when the comeback logic was kicking in, I also felt that the my teammates weren't that my teammates were relaxing a little bit offensively and defensively. So again, I, I'm bothered by those contrived moments because those are the moments where you feel I'm not being challenged by great gameplay or, ch- or challenged by great strategy. The game has decided that it's going to catch up. There's a bit of a rubber band AI effect. So, so, so it felt to me anyway. But apart from that, no, I, I'm looking forward to playing more of the game because I, I wasn't left feeling <laughs> current gen when I played that first session on PC. I, I did not want to play this game this year. That was my, <laughs> that was my impressions of that. That's how I felt. Yeah, yeah. That, remember I told you that. Absolutely, I told you in the yeah. chat. Like, We're going to be so disappointed. Um, yeah, actually, I have quite a few things to say about that. Um, about everything you just said. First off, major props for attempting Giannis's last name and i think you did it justice when you said it um, most yeah. of the time, i just say i just say Giannis. that's so i don't have to say <laughs> I, I was, you know i got very used to spelling it because of course he was the cover player for 2k19 and of course covering that yeah. game i ended up typing his name a lot so i got to i got to spell it a lot and one yeah. of his names is the alphabet i believe um, yeah so that <laughs> greek yeah, freak everyone just everyone just yeah. cheats and says greek freak right or greek yeah. Even cut it shorter. Why not? A um, couple things with your impressions. I'm glad that I was able to, I don't know, do it justice with allay, what I was telling. Allay some concerns. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like warn you about certain things, and then, but also tell you where it shined in comparison to the current gen version. Um, and you know, I was looking on my Xbox Series X. I told you earlier today, and then we played some more tonight. Um, just to let people know how much time I've spent on this. And this is like almost 100% gameplay because we're just jumping into, I'm jumping into my team or I'm jumping into games with my brother, either co-op or against. And on next gen series X, I've already put in over 70 hours of gameplay. Um, And on current gen, I've put in, I think because I played a game earlier to try to get a feel for it. I think I put in 19 hours now, 19 or 20 on current gen so i feel like i can talk about the gameplay right because yeah. I, I mean i put a lot of hours into these games you're definitely not getting your steam refund it's over the two yeah. hours there so, but uh, no right. i mean you, you've put in the hours it's not just oh I, i've played yeah. it for 10 minutes and i i I don't, I don't like it and i need to get good you know as, as, as the current no, no, yeah we good we, we mentioned get good again um so I mean, let's that, talk but, about well that is the common refrain isn't it that new mechanics right. oh you need to get good that you, you can't criticize the, actually to to that point uh I, I did forget about the the uh timing the, the, the timing meter on alley-oops and i got caught out with that and of course missed a, a wide open alley-oop with Giannis. and yeah i i'm not a fan of that mechanic uh, i i do see that as being the one that if they don't patch it out this year during the course of the season which which they may not you know we, we speculated before release that that's something they may end up patching out i'm 
not sure they will because I, f- I feel like that's something that the community is just going to put up with. It's not going to be too much of a push or, or, or they're going to just try and force it, much like shot aiming last year. They're just going to say, this is how it is. And then in 2K23, oh, we, we took that out because it wasn't popular. Well, you possibly could have patched it out. But no, I, I don't like the mechanic. I'll give it a go. I'll, I'll, I'll give it more of a try. But it, like you said in the previous show, it's just, it, it happens too quickly on dunks. It, there's, and it's different animations. Want, yeah, I want to give you another tip really quick do do not push back on the joystick to do a dunk you know how back in 2k17 you would pull back on the joystick and it would do like a signature dunk no, like yep, yep they used yep, signature dunk, yep. dunks and, and all that stuff go ahead and do a wide open dunk by pushing back on the joystick try it next yep. time you go in and you will brick it because when you push back on the joystick it's dunk timing not dunk contact timing it's dunk timing meaning that any dunk when you pull back on the joystick is timed. And so, that's, that, that's something you, that the, the blogs weren't clear on, because it suggested that the, that mechanic was only for when there was somebody under the rim. That's That was my uh, reckon, and that was Trust wrong. me. A video of me missing him. Yeah, it's, 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 and it doesn't work right either, because the dunk, the animation happens. The, the animation that comes, you don't know which one's coming. Exactly. Um, so what I found out is if you push forward on the joystick to do a dunk, or you use the button, the timing is not there, the timing aspect of it um, on those open dunks. So do me a favor and try to avoid that. Um, I, I wanted to bring out bring up a couple other things about the gameplay. I actually, and maybe you'll, you'll play it more and you'll notice, but I actually disagree with the computer hitting contested shots. So I play on Hall of Fame, my brother and I do, and then we also, um, I play my team, and I do obviously do the all-star challenges and whatnot. And when I'm playing the computer, for my team, I hold them under 30% pretty much every game because of my stick defense. They miss everything contested, it feels like, when I'm there. And when I play against the computer on Hall of Fame, um, I also hold them to a low field goal percentage because I have the joystick up towards them when they're shooting with closing out, and it feels like they miss almost everything contested. So maybe with like when you spend a little bit more time in the game, you'll be like, okay, well, the computer's pretty much playing by the same rules as me. Um, where you won't feel that is when they're around the hoop sometimes. Um, but on shots, it feels like they do. But I will say this. You talked about Giannis um, missing layups. And and I want to point this out because Rock said, Rock stated, he goes, it's easy to score under the basket. Rock is saying that for his mode that he's playing because he's playing online and he's a paint player. Like, that's his guy, right? And he's probably matched up. Um, yeah, I'm guessing he's loaded out a little bit with badges and whatnot. He's probably matched up sometimes with smaller people in the in in the um, rack or wherever he's playing, um, or I don't know in the career mode. Maybe it's a lower difficulty level or something like that, or he's he's against weaker defenders. But when you're using regular, when you're using NBA players, and you're not using a dominant NBA player with a lot of badges, or you're using just like a weaker. Um, like not a star, you can miss like eight layups in a row. And, and it's that ghost defense. It's you're like, you're, you're not really contested and you just keep missing and you're missing and you're missing over and over again. You want to know how bad tonight when we were playing, I had Wilt Chamberlain in the paint and I was going up on Zubak and I missed like six shots right at the hoop on Zubak with Wilt Chamberlain. I just kept missing over and over and over again. And he wasn't doing the animations that I wanted either. And he was flailing his arms going up and he was doing all these awkward things. 
if you're playing the NBA portion of the game and you're playing on the higher difficulty levels, trust me when I tell you that there is a huge flaw in the way defense works in the paint and your effectiveness as a scorer inside. It's it like it's it's not going to be abnormal if you play on the higher difficulty levels for Giannis to be in the paint and just keep missing over and over and over again. Um, so I just wanted to be, um, be clear about that. The other thing too, that I find really frustrating about 2k 22 next gen is, and it's also in current gen as well, is if you do have a speedy ball handler and you'll see it with Jamal Murray, I'm playing against the computer, um, on hall of fame on a video that I just uploaded to my YouTube where I beat the Hornets. If you have a quick ball handler like Jamal Murray, who has high handles and badges related to his ball handling, um, and he has high acceleration, it doesn't matter really who guards you. If you call it isolation and you dr- and you do like a quick crossover, you're at the hoop. Like you can just get by him over and over and over and over again. If you have Luke Kennard on you, his defensive ability and intelligence, no, he's not a great defender in real life, but you can't just blow by Luke Kennard every single time on the drive. Right. But in NBA 2K22, you can. He just like moves out of your way. Like he doesn't, he can't slide his feet with you at all. Um, so there's still those issues that came over with the new motion system and, um, you know, that was implemented in 2K18. Those are still there. Um, a lot of them. And, and like you would state, magnetic. the slot. The, mag- the slotting, so. the magnetic drawing in, the killing the momentum by a defender being on your back. So it's maybe some of the maybe some of the ghost uh, c- contests have been uh, cut down a little bit, although obviously they're still there from the missed labs as you as you noted. But I, I posted a, a clip of it on on Twitter of uh, Bobby Portis being pulled backwards, or and, and momentum completely stopped on the fast break. Should have just kept going, striding in for the dunk or layup, but gets pulled back and has to kind of do a bit of a, a teardrop shot because the moon has been killed by the defender sucking him backwards. So that, that is still an issue, unfortunately. It seems to uh, persist with every rebuild of the game, uh, unfortunately. And I, I guess it's done for balancing purposes or limitations of some kind, but it is very frustrating. Also, something that you mentioned before was the getting your dribble discontinued, be, being forced into a pickup a little bit too often. Yeah, especially when you try to like face up. Yeah, like yeah. if you like face up um, and up, make yeah. every move towards the hoop, right? Exactly. Your guy will just like drop the ball. Um, or if you like, you're a big guy and you like try to make a spin move baseline, it will be like a really slow motion spin, and he'll like pick up the ball when you don't want him to, or um, it takes him so long to get to his spot, and then by the time he gets to his spot, he's cloaked by two or three defenders, and then we all know how layups work, right? Exactly. So you feel like you. Or go, you can never go up, um, and it's not that it shouldn't so happen. That's very important to note. Well, no, it's very important. I just want to point something out. It's very important to note what mode you're commenting on when you say something like. And by the way, this isn't for Rock. It's probably easy for him to score inside. He's also uh, some uh, like that's the way I look at it. It's probably easier for him the mode he's playing. But that's not the way it works in the NBA modes a lot of times, especially when you're playing on Hall of Fame or Superstar, like the higher levels. Um, even on my team, if I go into the – if I get the ball in the post – and I know how to do post moves. You've seen my my team videos, right? Absolutely. I do a whole array of post moves, um, drop steps, I'm fading away, up and unders, all of that stuff. Like I know how to work the sticks. But you can have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar – in the paint on the all-star level and you can try to make a move and go up 
and you're like sucked into your defender and you miss and then you miss again and you miss again and you're like why am i missing these easy shots when i should just be able to go up over the top of this guy right so even on all-star on my team even with players that are higher overall it's just a complete layup miss fest with any contact and that's not realistic it's also not fun you bring up an important point there and it's something that's come up before but yet at the same time people overlook it so often as well is that your impressions of a game especially ones with a diverse array of modes as 2k has had for several years now will vary depending on which mode you play because you're also facing different issues you have different needs from the game and different benefits different drawbacks so my years of playing my career so say 2k17 i've played 27 hundred hours of uh, 2k17 over the years on uh, on playstation 4 the ps4 version plus more on the pc and i've played a lot of my career in that game and of course 2k prime and i think we both have very positive impressions of 2k17 that goes without saying you can go back and listen to our previous shows to hear us uh, gush about that particular release at the same time i also have a different view of that game probably i mean i have played what you have played in that game and also high, uh, hold it in high esteem as well. But most of my memories with that game are my career in the online connected modes. So even though we've both spend, spent thousands of uh, hours with that game, we probably still have different ex- uh, expectations and, pro- and d- different criticisms to a certain extent based on but both things we liked and disliked about that game because we played it a very different way over the years. And I want to make a point too. So, and this goes along with that. If you watch like the 2K League gameplay... And then you watch like one of my gameplay videos, either versus the computer or versus my brother. That gameplay does looks night and day because of how the action is going in those two different gameplay scenarios. Right. Sure. sure. That's the point I'm trying to make. So um, I and that's great too. that, you know, rocks great as far as like being fair. OK, like rock is has been an NBA live guy, but he picks up NBA 2K and he gives it the best ch- gives it a chance he says what he likes about it he says what he dislikes about it he's very very honest and i've always appreciated that with rock and he was being honest with how his take was like what how he felt about the defense but that's based on his experience in the mode he's playing and mine is based on the experience in the modes that i'm playing in the way that i'm playing so um th- there's there's quite a bit of difference what was your first impression of the presentation of the game you know my biggest pet peeve in 2k21 and 2k22 is the secondary commentary team i miss kevin harlan and i wish you could select that and and i and I, I still wish that we had some proper tv presentation if they got the espn license obviously ea sports has that but tnt or, or because it's basically tnt presentation without the tnt branding that they have I do. I didn't really notice that much the the different PA announcer. Once I start playing with different teams, I'm sure I will. But I, I just don't really like that secondary uh, commentary. I'm team. not a fan at all. I can't stand it. Uh, Brian Anderson yeah. and uh, Grant, Grant Hill. Hill. So if you look, if you look at our, you know, my legends. Remember, I did a montage recently of like our legends games. You will notice that I did games one through ten. Every single one has Harlan. Every game, because I can't... We, we, we quit the game and go back in so we can get the Harlan team. Because Brian Anderson, and maybe you got this vibe as well, Brian Anderson and Grant Hill talk to you like you're four years old. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, it, they really dumb it down. 
um, the tone isn't right. Um, it sounds incredibly phony. That's the way I look at it. Dumb down and phony feels like the commentary with Brian Anderson and Grant Hill. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I absolutely can't stand it. Uh, I, good for them to, for, to have that idea, but I do wish that there was an option to say, um, you know, choose your commentary crew. So you didn't have to like exit a game and go back in. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. That's what they, they also need yeah. something what live has been doing with the presentation setting since uh, NBA live 10, which is that option to choose playoffs atmosphere or finals atmosphere so that you can stage a, a game at any time. Basically that, that is something that live has done that I'm surprised that 2k never has, especially because 2k has gone so far with their presentation now to the point of having individual PA announcers that they haven't actually had those atmosphere settings and it's it doesn't ruin the game and and certainly with lives with some of the worst live releases over the past decade it hasn't uh, it, it doesn't make up for gameplay deficiencies but it's just one of those things that I'm very surprised 2K hasn't done but it, it's something I'd like to see but yes definitely being able to select the the, the commentary team because it you shouldn't have to quit out even with the faster loading times on next gen it's still a hassle to go into it and have to quit out again and start all over again just because you've got uh, <laughs> the team you don't want. It's, I, I have noticed a few people asking about that, Derek. How do I change that? And unfortunately, there's no way to force it or, or, or select it manually. It, you just have to... It, it's yeah. luck of the draw. And it seems like every time I get Brian Anderson. Yeah, it, it, it alternates each one. Oh, okay. Yeah, it does. It's every time. It's, it's Brian Anderson and Grant Hill, and then if you restart the game, it's Kevin Harlan. Then if you restart, it's Brian Anderson and Grant Hill again. It just oh, it alternates. I mean, that's, um, that's an okay method, I suppose, but it's still, it's still a pain. I will say this too, and you might find maybe you thought about this too, as well. I, I do find it kind of weird that we're on the PS5 generation now, and you know we, there was all this talk about performance, and yeah, we have faster loading screens, and that's great, um, and whatnot. I'm still surprised that the replays are locked at 30 FPS. The hmm. State Farm Assist of the game is 30 FPS. The replays are 30 FPS. The going for the tip is 30 FPS before it gets into the regular action. Um, the uh, player of the game highlights are in 30 FPS. Um, I actually thought those were going to be smoother on this str- gen. It is strange, uh, yeah. Th- that has persisted. Yeah. Yeah. That is, so just, an, uh, just another random thought. Now, obviously, these things that we're talking about, the commentary crew and everything, all of that is just like small stuff we've noticed. Um, the gameplay is the most important, uh, obviously. Um, and I'm glad that it did feel a little bit better for you. It, um, it did. You, and I'm looking forward to playing more. I also want to say I do like the new new blocking and contest system. Although I've kind of had with the contests some discrepancies there. Maybe it's just me wanting to shut down every play and not playing as good defense as I think I am. I'll, I'll certainly admit to to that. You know, we all have that bias as a gamer. Oh, I did that right. I pre- I pressed the button at the right time. Maybe maybe I didn't. <laughs> you know, maybe I, maybe I didn't get there soon enough. But I do love the blocks. I had that big block with. Uh, Brooke Lopez, that I posted on Twitter, and I had some others in that game. And, and look, blocking off the backboard is nothing new. We've seen that as early as Live 2004, for example. And it was a big deal when it finally came into the game that it, it would actually block off the backboard and not just straight through it. But there are some really nice blocks in 2K22 and some nice soft blocks, which is always nice, some nice big swats. Uh, I was I was quite uh, quite taken with some of the blocks that I was making in that game. I quite like that. Yeah, there's like really nice group blocks. Yep. Like everybody challenges. Um, I've had two handed snatch blocks, um, blocks flying in and off the glass, like the Julius Irving one that you saw probably in the highlight reel that I um, 
put out there for the legends. Um, yeah, the block animations are great. I, I actually really like the stealing system this year. I think it makes a little bit more sense than in recent past titles. You're not always just grabbing the guy. Um, if you poke and you poke right, you can get the ball. Uh, and you better be using a good defender to do so. Um, or at least a decent defender, at least in the NBA modes. I heard it's a little bit OP um, in my career and whatnot and, and people in the wreck and all that stuff. But when you're playing like the, just the standard like NBA modes, it seems like it's you got to have a decent, you know, basically pickpocket in order to be able to get those steals. But no, it's good. It's it's it, that stuff's good. You know, if I, we spent over 70 hours already on the next gen version, so we've already gotten our money's worth. Um, there's still, I think, quite a few things that quite a few issues that I have with the game. But uh, I do like that my brother, Nick, has really been enjoying it overall playing Legends um, and a little bit in, of enjoyment using the Warriors against me in, uh, you know, regular play now mode. Uh, and whatnot, and he's really enjoyed watching me play my team. That's something, too, because he lives with me, like I've said before, and uh, he's always wanting me to, like, get into stuff so he can watch, you know, like, before he goes to bed or something like that, and he's really enjoyed me doing, like, the my team challenges and whatnot, so, um, yeah, it's, it's it, overall, it is not, like, it's not the 2K18 launch, let's put it that way. No, it's It's no. a bit more enjoyable than that, so. And it also helps that this year... I mean, last year's launch was affected by the shutdown and the bubble, of course. We, we got the current-gen version came out while the uh, 2020 season was still happening. So it, it, I didn't really feel ready for a new game last year. And, and even with, with next-gen, we had to wait for the, the roster updates and everything for it to at least be a proper off-season update. So there were, there were a lot of issues last year. Uh, I also wanted to touch on on modes very quickly. Uh, my team, I, I do like the look of this year. I need to really get stuck into the challenges. Um, I'm still not the biggest fan of the auction house needing to be unlocked by getting the 30 cards because you don't get that. that me. Yeah, I just want to point that out. Sorry for interrupting you. I tried to go into the auction house and I got lo- and I was locked out. And I'm like, why am I locked out of this? This should be available immediately. It sh- it should be. And I've written articles about this and mentioned on the podcast, of course. And I wondered why I got in there so quickly last year. And then I realized, oh, that's right. I ordered the special edition last year. So I got a bunch of extra packs. So I hit the 30 cards pretty much at launch. So that's why I got into it immediately last year. And I see why they do it. I believe it's to avoid people trolling the auction house or abusing the auction house, I should say. But the problem is, even with that, there's still that broken economy in uh, in my team. And we see it this again this year, that a lot of the rewards are disproportionate to the cost of packs. You know, the, the amount of MT that you get, just, it, it's... And of course, the the cards that go up for insane prices, there's already cards being sold for 300,000 MT, and you're getting maybe for a certain game, like a, you're getting 100 MT for doing this and that. That's not a very good reward when when that is the economy. So... And the funny thing is, MT can't be bought legally, so it's not like VC where they're trying to push microtransactions on that, although I suppose it does push you towards buying packs with VC. Also, with less than 30 cards in my collection, I got a double out of a locker code. That shouldn't happen with, uh, with less than 30 I told cards. You, six copies of Jalen Green, right? Yeah. That, should, that should not happen. Six, six duplicates. I opened a 10-pack set. And six of the packs had Jalen Green. Yeah, that, that it shouldn't <laughs> happen. Have you seen the collector levels? That there's there's four up to, up to four thousand cards that we can collect this year, and yet with under a hundred cards, you're getting doubles already. 
that should not happen. The odds should not be that bad. I'm sorry. Just it's ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. Um, I also think that it's very unforgiving contract wise. I think that having um, you don't get enough contracts and they go by too fast. I don't know if you've noticed that, um, but getting back into it, I felt like it was. It seemed. It felt like it was more fair in two K fifteen. I'd have to. It, it was. I wish I could yeah. And play. Um, I felt like I was getting more, far more contract cards on two K fifteen. But yeah, this is this is ridiculous. I'm having trouble playing players. Yeah, you know what I mean. They were because pretty generous last couple of years. Are pretty generous, but it sounds like they might have pulled back a bit on that, which is unfortunate. I think contracts should not be a thing, at least in the offline modes. And I've talked to Kenny about this as well, because he's been big into my team as well, and he's put it out there, and I agree with the suggestion. Leave the contracts to online games we need to balance it out. For offline games, single player, get rid of the contracts. That would make sense to me. That would be a fair compromise. I, see, I mean, I see why it's in there. Yeah. Right? I mean... I mean, it gets people to spend more money on virtual currency, right? Because they want to, you know, if they run out and they they what they want to get more, they want to open more packs, or they got to go and have the enough virtual currency to get somebody off the auction house or whatever. I don't know. Like, the, the like, there's uh, I see why it's there, and I and I understand the functionality of it, but it just doesn't make a lot of sense a lot of times, and they've really made it tough. In it's my more, it's more things to, to to challenge and get in the way of fun. And again, if you just leave it to the online modes, which so you can't just use your best players indefinitely in the online modes, I think that's fair. But if offline against the CPU, who cares about fairness? The CPU is already throwing everything it can at you as a challenge anyway, as it should. So it just becomes more busy work. So I'm all for abolishing them from offline, single player, my team gameplay, and just by all means have them on the online modes. Uh, but yeah, they are very awesome. outdated. Give me 10 game contracts. What's with this three? Yeah, you know how yeah. fast three games go by. Exactly. In my yeah, a se- you get you have oh, a well, session. You know, my favorite player. Oh, oh, I got my favorite player on my team, or oh, I got a lineup I really like, but I can only use them for six games. Yeah. After applying a couple contracts to the base player, it's like, okay, that that kind of sucks. Well, so that's you... what two, two domination challenges against <laughs> two teams that I could use them. And when you start so. when you start mixing and matching cards and swapping them in and out of your lineup, you've got players who are on different amounts of games remaining so it becomes very tedious to manage it, and it's, it's not that it's difficult it's not that you can't it's just should you and th- this is a question i always pose to people when they say you can just do this and you can just do that okay yes i can do that should i have to do that that's the question we should ask not not can right. we do it should we do it should right should i want to go into every single game with kareem abdul jabbar and full hook people to death and sky hook them to death yeah of course i do I, just, I should be doing that, and I want to be doing that, but I can't. Yeah. I can't use Kareem, and I have to. I have to be careful how much I use Kareem. So right now, I'm only using Kareem on the All Star challenges. I, uh, I will also say, free agent cards are still sold for one MT, which is ridiculous. That's still an issue. At least they're also being utilized by the exchange this year, so you can actually use them with the exchange. Uh, and, and trade them in that way and get more value on them. But the fact that you, if you get a double on a free agent card, if you can't trade it in, you have to sell it for one MT uh, is insulting. So again, there's a, there's an economic issue with my team. I, I've written an article about this before that I that's obviously still needs to be addressed. Uh, otherwise, I do like the depth of the mode. Uh, my career, I just want to touch on very quickly uh, on both current gen and next gen. I haven't really pushed through it yet, but I've just got in there and checked out the uh, Concha del Mar, the, uh, the cruise ship is, is the neighborhood on... Um, on current gen and of course the the city on on next gen uh i I do like the approach of 
not having to play through a whole story on either uh, mode before you can go to the neighborhood and start getting the daily bonuses, the daily spin and everything, that there's a bit more flexibility on current gen and next gen this year. That's a, that's a really good approach to that. Look, there's, there's a lot of extracurricular stuff that is aimed at a younger audience than, than you and I. And that's... I, I can appreciate the, the effort that's gone into it and I can appreciate the... Uh, the the different uh, paths you have to the NBA that you can choose, especially on next gen, uh, on next gen being able to interact with some previous my player characters is kind of a cool detail that they've done. So I do appreciate the effort, but I am moving more and more away from my career, and uh, just just that extracurricular stuff I think is, you know, going around the cruise ship. I'm like I appreciate the the vistas of this. I, I appreciate the the concept. But there's a lot of running around to get to where I want to go. Where I, it's, after all these years, give me a menu. <laughs> you know, it's it's not as glamorous, but it's definitely more functional. What I'd like to to see you do this year is, like you said, you're trying to get away from that stuff. You know, maybe you had a pretty decent first impression. Maybe you jump into a my NBA this year, and maybe do a fantasy draft. I'd love to see what what happens if you did like a fantasy draft and maybe put yourself as a pick. I don't know, like in the middle of the pack. Might that might be fun to watch? Like if you uploaded gameplay videos and and whatnot. But even if you just wanted to take like the Bulls or your favorite team or something like that, uh, you know, as they are. I, I, I think want, I yeah. think it'd be kind of, I think this is the year. This is the year because I, I, I transitioned out of it last year, out out of my career. I played it a bit to get a, a feel of it and to play some online games, which I probably will do, especially if, if we can get a few people together to do some pro-am or, or, or rec games, just to see how it is. If, if nothing else, I need to see how it, what it plays like. Uh, but I'm also seeing the, the cost of the upgrades and having played 2K14 my career and seeing the cost of upgrades, how with 60,000 VC has got me to 86 overall already. It takes to get to 85 overall in, uh, in, in 2K21 at least, and probably the same in 2K22. I haven't checked yet, but I'm I doubt it's gone down. It's over a hundred thousand VC just to get to eighty-five, and I'm beyond that with much less VC. So it's it's sick of the grind. Sick of the grind. You know how much I hate the whole buying your way. You know how much I hate that. Yeah, it's the same way I feel about it. Like, and that's why people spend the money, right? And two K knows they will um, in order to get that extra jump. Um, it's the same way I feel about these game, these new RPGs that are, everything's being dumbed down in this world. Damn it! Like, this is going to point that out. There's a bunch of MMORPGs that have been released over the current years. Uh, the, excuse me, over the recent years, and you can buy your way to an 80 overall, or buy your way uh, um 80 um level character, or a 90 level, or a 99 or um level character. Like you buy your way to it. Like so, you got all these people who are playing the game, and you know they're excited about getting their new armor, and they're excited about getting their new skills. And they're, 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 you know, they're going through the story and they're like, you know, really super excited about it. And then some schmuck who decided to take advantage of something that shouldn't even exist and put pony up a bunch of dough um, decides to forego all of that stuff and says, here I am. I'm higher overall than you. And that is ridiculous. It's, it's toxic as hell, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to point that out. Whenever I hear you talk about this mode, it just drives me up up a wall. Well, that's so. uh, before we give uh, some final thoughts of how we feel uh, a couple of weeks in with the uh, with the game, or a few days, as it, as the case is with me. There was a great review on uh, Uproxx on Dime that uh, Steve, the Live King, shout out to uh, to Steve there, 
uh, alerted us too that talked about some of the issues that we've been covering. Uh, we, we talked about it in the forum, we talked about it in the podcast, in my articles, and it was very refreshing to hear them actually touch on these issues because so many reviews of 2K in recent years have read like glorified press releases, puff pieces on the game. They've they've given a slight, oh yeah, there's some microtransactions here and there, but they haven't really gone into the the the, the real drawbacks of the game, not just with the microtransactions, but also a lack of feeling fun. But we read that uh, we both of us read that review and thought. This is great to hear other people actually touching on this. And unfortunately, a lot of people are probably going to dismiss it as hating or they don't know what they're talking about. But no, they know what they're talking about. And it was, again, very refreshing to hear other people like us uh, express these these points of view. Yeah, I actually wanted to bring up some of my favorite parts of the article. And just to shout out the names of the people who wrote this. This is for Uproxx. Um, it's uh, Dime. It says, and the title of it is NBA 2K22 Review slightly better than last year's game but it's hard to care so you already know leading into it that this is a must read the people that took part in this there were three reviewers it's bill de filippo uh chris barnwell barnwall excuse me and ryan nagelhoot so there's a here's a few of my favorite lines from this and it's almost like i said like i said to you after i read it for the first time it's almost like they listened to our podcast and use some of our wording it's it's crazy because how long have have we been talking about the fun being out of the series too long yeah over and over again so here's some of the the lines that i like from it the problem is that this and this is the first reviewer and i can't remember who started this off but you'll get i just want to read the lines from it uh it says the problem is that the video game is no longer fun basketball as a sport is something that is supposed to be fast fluid and beautiful this fights against that with individual defenders that are godlike in their on-ball defense breaking someone down with dribble moves just isn't an option and moving the ball around the perimeter does not force the defense to react they're able to stand there firm as firm as ever getting them to react to what you are doing with the ball is extremely challenging so while I know ways to beat the computer. This is me saying this, that I know ways to, to beat the computer and break them down one-on-one and, and break them down in the post and stuff like that. And I run, receive screen plays and, and floppy and um, alley plays and stuff like that. This is a, the point that he's making is this is the, the pick up and play reaction. That's the way I look at this. Um, so again, he picked it up and played and it's like, his first thing was, this is not fun. And then he goes on, he goes, For some players, that might be part of the fun. A lot of the actual basketball part of the game is about breaking the defense down and making the right play, but it creates a learning, um, but he talks about it creating a learning curve um, that you have to spend a lot more time into the game than you should have to in order to have fun with it, basically. Then another part of the review said, so much of the gameplay feels like it's still a result of corrections from previous games. And you've brought this up several times on prior podcasts, um, like Band-Aid fixes and corrections to um, uh, attempts at corrections to legacy issues or other issues that create more issues. Anyways, he continues. This is a strong statement. When 2K, and we've talked about this several times, he says, when 2K was beginning its rise as one of the top tier sports simulation games out there, it wasn't rising because it perfectly created the feeling of playing basketball. No, it did so because the game was really fun to play and future changes to the game always made it feel better. It's hard to pinpoint when exactly the gameplay changed course, or maybe it was just a slow decline. 
but there is little joy in playing 2K besides grinding out VC to get a super character. Maybe that grind is where the issues all began in the first place. It used to be possible to work a player up to a respectable, respectable star through the grind. Playing games, picking the right stats, and a good AI balance created a sense of progression that was rewarding, even if it was sometimes slow. That sense of progression is gone. Uh, this game feel, This feels like a game where purchasing VC is no longer an option. Um, to avoid dozens of hours of grinding to maybe reach the point of the game when the game becomes fun, it is essential to pay beyond the at bare minimum $59.99 price tag. That ruins a game that has the potential to, um, to be something better. So before I continue, oh, and then the, the next line before I throw it over to you and get your thoughts on that. He says, it only gets worse when we consider that everything around the gameplay is deteriorating alongside it. I mean, round of applause, right? <laughs> this is actually covering so many de uh, so many issues that are, gl are glossed over in so many reviews. And I'm always heartened when I hear people talk about, oh, they, they, because that's the excuse always, it's optional to buy VC, which it is. But realistically, you have the grind, very hard grind, which isn't enjoyable because it's not designed to be enjoyable. It's designed to force you to, or strong, let's say, strongly encourage you to buy VC or buy VC. Those are your choices. It's optional in so much as you have two undesirable options. And it's, it's one of those things that people overlook and excuse and make apologies for. And he's absolutely right about the, the focus of the game. We can go into further detail about how it's catering to an online scene that is increasingly elitist and toxic and how it's not about making that fun representation, fun and realistic re representation of basketball. But I just love that they've touched on so many issues there that it, it's not just a puff piece of running down the new features because that's what every review is these days, so it feels like, except the outliers that do point out these issues. And, and people say, oh, you know, you've talked about it before. And... I've seen that a lot, actually. People say, oh, you have you complain about the microtransactions. Just play something else. Play. I saw this on the official 2K subreddit. Why not play another game? It feels like you can't keep, not complaining about it, but, but, but criticizing it and criticizing an ongoing issue. Like, you don't just criticize this issue once and then just say, let's just give up. It, if you have this problem with the game, and it is a recurring problem with the game, you call attention to it and you keep criticizing it. When it, when it doesn't improve over the years, you keep pointing it out. And this whole thing that if you dare to speak about it more than once, that you should just give up and play something else or stop complaining, stop whining, get good. Uh, yeah, it's it's just so frustrating. And I just love that they're touching on these very important issues for once. Yeah, I wanted to bring up a couple more lines too. Uh, this one's really strong from Chris Barnwall. And something that we've, again, talked about so many times on the podcast, and this could possibly even be said by us. Um, you know, he goes, this game should be better. It deserves to be better, but the inability to get out of its own way takes a franchise that is supposed to be among the best and hurts its ability to clear that bar. Unfortunately, there is no incentive to stop any of this. The money keeps coming in. 2K continues to sell incredibly well. Brands flock to them. Maybe this franchise is just no longer for me. That's some 2K fatigue right there. It is. Yeah. Per you know, perfectly you put. Yeah, and you brought up this line too when we were first talking about it. The guy goes, "It took me. It took about five minutes for me to get bored with NBA 2K22." This is not to say that the game is horrific or unplayable or any of the other collection of knocks that you hear whenever a sports game drops and everyone races to the internet to post videos of whatever misfortunes um, be, uh, befall them. If anything, I think this is probably a better game than last year's edition. Um, 
the big thing is I just cannot muster the energy to care about 2K anymore. One complaint that pops up every single year without fail is that the people behind the game seem to care exponentially more about getting you to acquire virtual currency so you can head into the neighborhood decked out in gear from brands most pop most regular folks can't afford or in a throwback uniform with a pair of jordans that you've always wanted but can never get because the um snkrs app doesn't pick you etc and then uh no pick you or with video gamey haircuts and tattoos while riding a bike or something and play games of three on three against folks who spam the right joystick with dribble moves that then um than actually creating fun. He worded that weird. It's basically saying it's not a well-thought-out game. Um, the experience is not fun. It is also one of the most lucrative things in gaming. It makes all the sense in the world that this is the focus, and it is going to continue to be the focus of this gigantic, multi-billion dollar corporation that gives us 2K games. So a little bit odd wording there, but you kind of get what he's getting at. I get the drift, and it's, it's again, it's one of the, one of the most honest appraisals i've seen of a 2k game because it's not saying that the game is trash which too many people rush to say it every year that it's the best ever or it's trash it's saying yes there are improvements but some of the underlying issues with the the conceptual issues the design is designed to get people to spend not for fun the grind isn't fun a long journey is fine but a long hard grind that you have to do every year is not and that's what people continue to overlook continue to excuse and make apologies for and i'm so glad to see it called out so bluntly. I think that was a fantastic review. And even though I I'm, have very positive impressions of 2K22 next gen with my, with my early uh, playing it, my early stages of playing it, these are uh, underlying issues and have been for years. And it's one of those things where people say, oh, it's nothing new. And uh, again, I, I hate that people will dismiss it just because it's an old criticism. It's an ongoing criticism because it's an ongoing issue. That's right. what you need to understand. And it, it gets better in the next line. Um, and again, something that we've talked about and, and somebody in the impressions, 2K22 impressions thread on the NLSC mentioned that you're talking about how the company operates. Um, I'm talking about the gameplay. And he and this is my point, And I said that back to him. He goes, I had to get that out of the way first, talking about like the virtual currency and the way the game is designed in general, uh, you know, the 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 negative aspects of it he said i had to get that out of the way first because it's impossible to ignore any advances in gameplay feel like they are second to this i do not think that is going to lead to 2k sports changing its priorities or anything and then there's another well sorry just sorry to interrupt but that it's it's inextricable the issue the approach to my team and my career affect the gameplay experience because of the way they're designed you can't say oh that's just business because it has a direct impact on the overall gameplay experience and the amount of fun you can have. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. And here's the stale part. This is the 2K fatigue, and this is something we've talked about. Swear they listen to, to us sometimes. He goes, I am fairly sure I will rarely, if ever, fire up NBA 2K22 again. And odds are I won't spend much time playing NBA 2K20 either. The franchise needs a break to change things up, because things have grown stale. Perhaps no video game series in the world needs to um, to just not be a thing for a year and realize a big roster update instead of a brand new game in 2022 more than 2K. So it has ample time to figure out what it is, and it can make a product that won't receive reviews like this one. And I didn't click on that link, uh, but it's from Laura Luke Plunkett of Kotaku um, that, he, that this guy said he agreed with wholeheartedly. So I'm going to have to read that. 
and then I have read some of Luke's previous articles, and he's usually pretty on the money. Yeah. The last thing I want to bring up, too, this is the end of it. He goes, there are diminishing returns all over the place in this franchise and no real indication that anyone will ever make meaningful, positive changes. Because despite all that effort to make it lifelike and perfect, NBA 2K22 still so often struggles most to achieve the thing that all games should aim to be fun to play. And I thought that was a great way to end the article. I mean, with so many articles and and video essays strive to end on that perfect one-liner uh yeah I, I think he nailed that one yeah so anyway I'm, I'm glad that the live king steve shared that with us um because it is really nice to see a reviewer um and these get a, form a lot of impressions the up rocks um articles and whatnot or um not just one reviewer but three reviewers in that article basically just not sucking up you know what i mean like, Absolutely, they yeah. It like it was how they really felt. Um, they talked about the series um, feeling stale. They, they talked basically about 2K fatigue. They talked about the virtual currency stuff. Stuff that you never see in reviews. And it is so important because it does. Again, it's inex- you know, I'm just going to overuse the word inextricable in this, uh, in this podcast. But you, you just can't separate the impact that those mechanics and that design approach has on the gameplay experience because on, on the sticks sure there are the those improvements but then when you are playing over and over again in those modes and trying to uh, collect cards or grunt, level up a player this is when you run into all those mechanics and it, it is supposed to be that fun journey and that fun experience throughout the year but it is being hampered by those mechanics and the economic issues in my team and the gouging and, and the focus on recurrent revenue over fun and I, i've said it so many times before but when the focus is on recurrent revenue it is not on fun and this article i think sums it up very well this review uh yeah and kudos to them for for that because it was a very honest review in a time when a lot of people are trying to get clout to get perks and so they will write puff pieces and fluff and I, i hate to use such cliched words like that but quite often the reviews do sound like glorified press releases and again uh puff piece promotions Right. And I want people to understand something, too, what Andrew and I are doing here. Andrew had a decent first impression of the game. I've put over 70 hours into it, and I'm playing my team and having fun on my NBA on the same team with my brother. This is us caring also about other gamers. Exactly. We've talked about so many different times. Their play habits and what they enjoy is not always going to be what Andrew and I enjoy. And we understand that. But what Andrew and I have seen and you can definitely, you, I know you'll agree with this, is the far more negative reaction and the frustration from consumers over the last four years. Absolutely, absolutely. 2K's releases. So, sure, I got my money's worth. We're having a good time with it. I'm enjoying my team. I'm enjoying co-op on the same team with my brother overall. But I want these games to be better not only for some of the frustrations that I still have and the, you know, I want the, the NBA to be focused on more, but I just, not just that, I just want the game to feel better on the sticks for people and be less cheesy and less OP in certain areas and all of that stuff. But I want the majority of gamers to once again, have a basketball game that they love. Indeed. Right? And, and look, want to see negative comments and reviews. I can absolutely. So. And Look, I can transition into other modes because I grew up a franchise gamer, but I later got into the career modes and, and the card collecting modes as well. So I can float between them and, and enjoy a little bit of everything year to year. 
I've spent a lot of time with my career in the connected modes in recent years, but then started to, to uh, transition away from that last year in particular. So look, I can spend a bit of time with my career while diving into my team and then starting up in my MBA this year, which I'd love to do. I can do that. So I can find an experience. The, the strength of 2K is that it does have some pretty solid gameplay this year and it does have an array of modes. So I can find something that I will be able to enjoy. Worst case scenario, I'll be able to go back and play a game I enjoy. So the, you and I are like that. We, we have some flexibility. For people who want to play the latest game and want to play my career in its connected modes, play the Wreck and play Pro-Am or Playground, they don't really have a choice because that's the game, that's the latest game, that's the one with the servers are on, that's the one that people are actually online playing. So you're very locked into that. You don't have that flexibility to play it, which is why I want that mo those modes to be as great as they can be, even if I'm not playing them or if I can play something else if they're not to my tastes because they are a lot of people's favorite mode. So yes, I want the, it to be great for them. And having played those modes, I'd like to think I have a bit of an insight into how they could be better. Right, 100%. And I think that like not everybody has a brother that he can jump into a My NBA with that's going to play Legends with him like I do. Sure. Right? Like, yeah. would I be playing My NBA right now if I didn't have a brother to play with me? No, I don't think I would be. I would not be playing next-gen my NBA, because what we do is we do a co-op and um, we, we like to have a lot of fun with it. So I understand that in that in the my NBA way, I play that mode um, that I am the minority. Like I'm not that not everybody's going to be like that. Um, and then my team, the real reason why I play my team is I probably wouldn't play it much at all if my brother wasn't watching me play it, because a lot of times I play something for him to watch and enjoy, whether he's like, you know, before he goes to bed or something like that, um, something to put on for him. Right. So again, I understand that my, my reasons for being into that mode is not going to be everybody's reasons to jump into a mode. Right. So like, that's the, like you said, that's the point is that's why you always got to think about your fellow gamer and, kind of be able to read the pulse, engage the pulse. And since 2K18, because of that virtual currency push, the microtransactions um, and the legacy issue still persisting and people just not having fun overall with the games, the majority of people, um, that's a red flag. And I see that. So I, I want the game to be better for everybody. And it's why we'll continue to point out these issues and to advocate for Better, the games to be better in any way they possibly can be. And look, it, it is an uphill battle in some respects, especially when it comes to recurrent revenue mechanics, because it is the way of gaming in 2021. I said, as I said, it was the way of gaming in 2020 and 2019, and it is going to be the way of gaming moving forward. But we can still advocate for improvements wherever possible and, and speak out when there are issues and, and not be silent just because, oh, that's old hat. You said that before. Yeah, but it's still an ongoing problem. If you if the roof is leaking, you don't complain about it once and then just put up with it with a bucket there. You fix the roof. And there are definitely some uh, holes in 2K's roof that need to be fixed. If, uh, but before I get too carried away with that metaphor, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that is the way of things. Um, they. Uh, but that being said, I do like the uh, the feel of the gameplay so far in 2K22 next gen. Uh, a couple of patches have come through which have fixed the uh, MyNBA uh, broadcast camera issue, although again it's, it appears to have taken away a couple of camera angles as well. They haven't touched the gameplay yet, although there is going to be an update that's probably going to be come through by the time this goes live. 
by the time we post the show about uh, adjusting a couple of the badges, which may be very important for my career. Uh, I, as I said, I haven't really gone that far into my career gameplay this year just yet, so I can't really comment on the importance of that or, or give first impressions of it, I should say. But it, it does sound like it might be a, a good idea that they're fixing that. I believe the unpluckable badge is getting a bit of a, a bit of a boost because, so that players don't lose the ball as often. In theory, uh, definitely a good idea. Uh, and, and of course, the fact that they have addressed the uh, the camera issue is to some extent especially as we talked about last week how they hadn't really been acknowledging it is is definitely welcome but i'm quite if they don't really touch the gameplay that much but for a couple of minor tweaks here and there that 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 seems like it might might actually work out well this year and i am i'm always an advocate of fixing issues when they're there but not trying to fix what isn't broken and while i do stand by what i've said and and certainly love what that article has uh, what that review has said and totally agree um, I, I do see myself playing 2K22 next gen this year because my first impressions were were positive, and hopefully that will continue. But I, I reserve the right, as always, to change my mind as issues present themselves, or a patch breaks something, or something like that. In the worst case scenario, but no po- positive first impressions. But at the same time, uh, important to call out those issues. I think what's frustrating for people who play my NBA or you know, play now or whatnot in the NBA modes is that when they do aggressive patches that change up the gameplay, it can completely alter the way you're playing that, like my NBA. Definitely. Or like NBA mode, because the patches are for the online scene. And um, it can definitely change the way your my NBA is going or prior to that my league uh, and whatnot. I honestly hope they don't do too much with the gameplay. Same. Um, moving forward because it always seems like when they try to patch something it gets worse we've been there yeah (laughs) that i look at it we've definitely seen that yeah but we will continue to give our impressions as the year goes forward and 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 of course again advocate for these issues because it is important to to bring them up and not to sweep them under the rug just because we've mentioned them before uh certainly never want to uh, beat a dead horse with it but at the same time when it is an ongoing issue saying it once and then staying silent uh, achieves nothing either Speaking of updates, though, Derek, I, I finally upgraded to uh, to Windows 10 overdue on my desktop PC, my gaming PC. Not only that, it opened up the world of opportunities of you hosting on Parsec. And despite you living on Australia, in Australia and having that poor overall internet connection, surprisingly, you were a decently strong host. I was surprised, overall. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you and I connected, and we played... Let's see, NBA 2K10, despite without the lag spikes, I, I feel like it was pretty much playable for us. Um, NBA Live 95 was incredibly playable. Uh, playable, I could time my shots and felt pretty good overall on the sticks. And yeah, it gives me hope for when you install that PS3 emulator and boot up NBA Live 10, because if NBA Live 10 works well, when you host, we can have you host your home games for our series or her semifinal series and I can host mine. I think it would be a lot of fun to do it that way. It definitely would. And would kind of give that, uh, that home court advantage in a way. Right. Exactly. I we still got to figure out why steam games don't work as well. Sometimes on Parsec for us. Now they do for other people. I've connected with pretty much, I've connected with over 20 other people and oftentimes we play steam games and it's always pretty much worked well with other people connecting on steam. But for some reason, when you and I connect, the Steam games don't work as well. No, using Parsec. How, yeah, how was so. how was two K seventeen for you when we played? Because because I, I noticed you were getting because I I just had the meters on, so I noticed you were getting more late releases than perhaps you normally would. 
because so I, I could tell there was some lag there. I know the game well enough where there was like a second delay, but I felt like I could still do stuff. Like you saw me throw the alley oop um, to Amari Stoudemire and throw it down. Yep. Uh, um, and I, I did a crossover into a layup with Nash. Let's put it this way: in a super pinch, if I just wanted to get a little bit of two K seventeen in and whatnot, and you were like, "Hey, you can't host," you know, why don't I host and and whatnot? I, I'd, I'd probably play it that way. Um, but it definitely worked a lot better on NBA Live ninety five, um, and it also worked better on NBA two K ten. So the fact that Live ninety five was on an emulator and it worked that well, I have a good feeling about NBA Live ten when you get that emulator installed. It was definitely surprising. I'll definitely get that set up so we can give it a go for our series because that is our second round series of the NBA Live 10 tournament. Looking forward to continuing that and appreciate everybody. Sem- it, sounds, it sounds better. Just say semifinals instead of second round. Semifinals. Sounds- there, there, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, look, look, and, and thank you to everyone who, who continues to follow that. And uh, people seem to be enjoying it and playing it, obviously, but also watching it as well. And yeah, maybe hosting, alternating the hosting would, would definitely... Uh, Again, bring that sense of home court advantage. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of what I wanted to do. I, I, I think it's cool when I host other people um, because we know that, like, I'm just a neutral party there. Like, when I host the other series and it's two people connecting to me. And it seems like everybody's had a good connection, right? But you and I have a little bit of a different situation. While we've had some competitive games and whatnot, I do know in the back of my mind that you have a slight bit more lag than I do. And part of me is always like, I wish Andrew could host sometimes. So I think that this would be a good remedy. If oh, it yeah. works. I mean, if we could so, get one that's, that's actually working as smooth as, as it's been for you and some other people, I'd just love to have a game where you and I just say, okay, let's just go nuts. Let's just both bring out our A games as we, we know we both can and just have this incredible battle. Because we've already had some great games already. So imagine if we could get even less lag between us. We could just have this this incredible battle. I'd post the entire game on YouTube if we did that. I reckon it would be just a, a, an incredible back and forth. We got to get the mics up, like you said. I agree with that. There's got to be a time where we play and we either post the full game or post the highlights, but we have our mics on. Yep. Uh, I think that would be cool for people to listen to because I think it makes it funny when something happens on the court, like the little sound bites. Uh, oh, if, if, if oh, so. I wish we were mic'd up for the uh, for the Michael Finley game winner. Well, I would have had to bleep out a few things. <laughs> the bleeps, the bleeps make it funny, more funny sometimes. sometimes I don't think that just abs- your lag is maybe cut down a little bit when you host that. I'm not going to kill you with a full court three, so <laughs> just remember that. So uh, that, that's right. I'd also like to do some other things that we could. We, I mean, we could do a lot of video stuff if we can get this working. I mean, we can chuck on a a horrible game like a kid sports basketball. I was talking to you about it and uh, and just. Know, riff on it and, and make jokes and and comment on this horrible horrible game no i'd love to do stuff like that and plus it exposes people to games that maybe they haven't seen before jam so it. i that would be <laughs> my, yeah, go, jam my go-to yeah. or or call or we call it damn it damn it, yeah. it's just it. Yeah. I, I will be uh, i will be working on dosbox because i have disabled uh a joystick support gamepad support in my dosbox uh config because it was causing some configuration it just wasn't calibrating properly uh, i will try and get that sorted out because if we could connect on some dos games we can play the uh early live pc games we can play jam tournament edition pc I, I gave you a look at that 
how about some of the ratings and and, and of course the uh, blue edwards portrait for kevin edwards in uh, in that game i i kind of showed you that it was, it was cool yeah, being able to have you connect to me <laughs> so i could show you some things yeah talk about uh roster copy and paste let's not let nba jam tournament edition for a playstation off the hook with terry mills and oliver miller being a copy and paste on the same team yep like they're on the same team they're both on the pistons and they both have the exact same ratings across the board yeah there's some some wild stuff on there yeah blue edwards um portrait on kevin edwards and um dino roger with like a nine on three and and whatnot no it was really cool for you to be able to boot that up and like for once like i'm watching your screen Yep. And uh, you, what a beautiful thing, too, by the way. Um, again, impressive from Australia to, you know, an hour outside of Boston. Your screen was crystal clear. Everything looked great. I, I wondered about that. I wondered if you would get a, a, a worse picture, but it, it seems you got pretty clear. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was awesome. You, uh, um, you no, also saw how crazy I am with my planning for future articles and features. I showed you some lists. Yeah, that's nuts. Just so people know, the NLSC will be around for a hundred more years, and <laughs> yeah. somehow Andrew will live for all those a hundred years just so he can fill fulfill that article list. Head in a jaw. That, that <laughs> article idea list because I just don't know how you do it and how you stay so consistent. Um, but you you clearly don't have you're not short on ideas, so that no, is pretty I, wild. I've got about another ten weeks drafted, ready to go, ready to schedule at this time plus at the same plus more ideas to to write and explore after that plus uh plus some ideas we've talked about for a possible weekly video feature if i can make the time for that uh, to throw that together the uh, resurrecting the tuesday triple lab well i mean you've seen the pilot the test the possible test pilot episode of that yeah no no i want to point something out really quick too before i lose this train of thought i just want to point you know 2021 has been a really good year for gaming for us it and has. i think a lot of that is because of parsec but revisiting old titles and getting people in on that action and the NBA live 10 tournament. And, um, you know, even like the, just the, the mods and, and whatnot that people are still releasing and that people are still passionate about the mods and, um, coming up with new ideas and everything, but just overall, it's been an enjoyable year of gaming. And a big part of that has been revisiting those old titles. So um, I did want to throw that out there. And you and I have been able to connect for a good portion of the year and play NBA Jam, OFE, NBA Live 10, and revisit some other titles as well. Um, so, yeah, you know, thanks to application Parsec. But, uh, yeah, it's been good. It really has. I think this has been one of the best years. For all the weaknesses with the basketball gaming scene that we've discussed on this episode and others and our concerns moving forward, you and I have had some great experiences with Parsec individually, of course. And yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to more great times on the virtual hardwood because that's what it is all about. Having upgraded to Windows 10, I do need to do some workarounds to get some of the old games working again because, of course, they got rid of the uh, secure drive uh, driver that that, uh, that uh, the copy protection that games were using for a few years there, which makes it uh, difficult to run on modern systems. I will get that worked around. I do work in IT, so I... <laughs> I should be able to get that all fixed up one way or the other. Uh, and uh, But yeah, as far as refreshing my PC, getting it up to date and everything, again, long overdue. I was holding out because of the backwards compatibility with Windows 7, but I've got some great performance now. And being able to host, obviously, in Parsec is going to really, as you said, open some things up. And beyond basketball gaming as well, because there are some other games that we'd like to try, some Donkey Kong Country, etc. Um, maybe we won't go with Bart versus these Space Mutants, unless I want to show you and get and see hey, hey try try this out derek and uh five minutes if that we'll be moving on to something else but uh lots of fun moving forward 
Yeah, we'll play Diddy, Diddy's Conquest because that's your favorite one. But the, the way it worked for NBA Live 95 on the Super NES later, um, Super NES emulator makes me think that we could definitely play that. We could play um, Donkey Kong Country and Diddy's, Diddy Conquest and whatnot. So, Derek, the mailbag returns this week. I threw out a prompt there with the uh, with Ben Gordon looking rather sassy in that screenshot that I, that I shared. Uh, the prompt was, uh, which retro teams would you like to see in NBA 2K? We got some uh, some great responses. No, this is really good. And I actually made a list um, out of the ones that I think we got like five or six different people commenting there, um, giving retro teams that they would like to see. I, I kind of made a list uh, from those choices of the realistic ones that I think that 2K could put in, giving the assets and licensing that they do have, and then the ones that are unrealistic that I don't think they'll ever put in. So first up is Mud at mud six six five two five one seven eight. Shout out to you on Twitter. Mentions a variety of teams going back to the actually even back to the nineteen fifties as, as a starting point. Uh, the sixty six sixty seven seventy sixes, the sixty one sixty two Celtics, seventy five seventy six Celtics, sixty. Uh, I'll just read the second year. Why not? Uh, sixty-two Warriors, sixty-seven Warriors, uh, sixty-five Royals, uh, fifty-nine sixty Hawks, uh, seventy-eight Bullets, seventy-seven Blazers, eighty-three seventy-sixes, and seventy-five Warriors. Uh, so there's a lot of old-school teams there. That um, and that's always interesting because we we kind kind of tapers out after the '80s when you go backwards uh, for, for the for the current selection. Yeah, and and I'm not gonna comment too much on each one of these because uh because i'm going to be going over my list after um uh, a couple of those teams are realistic but most are not and and i'll go into why they're not and and after you're done reading the other comments uh the 82 83 sixers is what they should have done for years though yep. um considering they had the um the rights already to moses um they had the rights to maurice cheeks julius irving Bobby Jones uh, and whatnot and other guys that are on the bench um, as well. And I think like um, I want to say they have three or four of the rights to three or four bench players that are on that team. So they it is wild to me that for many, many years they were including the 84, 84, 85, 76ers team without Charles Barkley. Right. It was a huge hole made it not enjoyable to use that team whatsoever. Um, plus, they won the championship in 1983. So, um, yeah, I, I'll never understand why they did that and, and why they continued to put that team out there every year. But if you really think about it, there is a huge lack of attention to detail to the classic teams, and they are such an incredible low priority for NBA 2K. It really isn't that surprising that they kept doing that year in and year out. They just kind of left it there, yeah. And, and I understand maybe they wanted to include some players that were on, that they already had license for that 85 squad. But again, they, they looked very, and of course they were originally included as Julius Irving's uh, NBA's greatest game going up against that 85 uh, Bucks. So I, I guess it was whoever they could license or already had license for other teams. But it, it did, it, it always stuck, uh, stood out like a sore thumb, stuck out like a sore thumb that uh, that it wasn't the championship team. And if you were going to include the 85 team, by all means do it if you had Charles, rookie Charles Barkley on there, but they didn't, so it, it was a problem. Kind of like the 71 Hawks, which was a huge stain on the roster for a few years, just because they wanted to get Pete Maravich in the game, right? That's fine, but that team only had like four licensed players. Yeah, four. Yeah, that is oh, a problem yeah. with the older uh, teams as well. And while I think it's a great teaching tool, and I'm all for including some of these older teams, 
I, I don't think they have the appeal of maybe adding teams from at least the 80s or certainly the 90s, even of course now the 2000s. So I, I think that's what works against it is that, especially with the backlash against NBA history and the whole plumbers and dentists BS that goes on, that, uh, you know, I would love to see it. it. It'd be great to get some of those teams in the game to get their audio assets as well to make retro season rosters. So that that's why I'm always in favor of adding those uh, those teams by default. Because of course we can do it on PC with modding, but the more you can do with assets that are already in the game, the even more detailed mods you can make. So it's better to have those assets there to begin with than not. Right, and it helps us a lot more on PC with those assets than the majority of gamers. So that's, again, us thinking about uh, fellow gamers, too. Absolutely. I mean, like, you can't use the 7071. Like, let's say the the Hawks... Let's say the 7071 Hawks were in the console version, and you had those audio files for the 7071 Hawks. You can't do anything with that on consoles now on pc you could you find those audio files and assign them to different teams or something like that so yeah i mean again pc is still niche overall so those assets don't help console gamers as much true although they're also in there to collect for my team etc i suppose or, or rebranding the do league they do, do, do they do the audio for my team now like um, audio may, I, well they have the logos if nothing else i suppose yeah, they the, and they do have the arenas for some of the classic teams. Like right now, I'm using the um, 88-89. No, yeah, I think the 88-89 Bulls floor. And I think I'm using the Portland Trailblazers arena. But because my team is the Boston Celtics, I have the Boston Celtics, like I have the Boston Celtics logo. I have the Boston Celtics PA announcer. So it's weird. It's like a weird setup in my team. It is. You, you do get that mishmash. <laughs> Especially until at least until you get all the different uh, collectibles, absolutely. So we've also got uh, some suggestions from the Tidiologist uh, at Midwest underscore sorry at Midwest King underscore one hundred on Twitter. Shout out to you as always. Uh, the eighty seven eighty eight Mavericks, uh, ninety ninety Phoenix Suns, ninety one Celtics, ninety two Jazz, ninety two Knicks, ninety three Nets, ninety four Warriors, ninety five Mavericks, ninety five Spurs. 97 Bullets, 97 Pistons, and 97 Hawks. I do have a long-running Friday 5 series about retro teams I'd love to see added to 2K. It's been going on for, geez, I think the first article was about four or five years ago now. I'm due to to do another uh, uh, installment, especially with some of these suggestions. I recognize some of those uh, as ones that I have put out there before, including the 92 Knicks, the 93 Nets, uh, the 88 Mavericks. uh, 95 Mavericks would be really cool to have. Uh, 95 Spurs, of course, and even those 97 Bullets, uh, Pistons, and Hawks teams. I'm in favor of all of those, and I think some of the, especially the 90s teams, uh, are quite uh, quite doable. 80s and 90s, I think you could get the assets for. Yeah, I think it's it's just incredibly vital to avoid situations like the Barkley one. Uh, you know, the 94-95 Mavericks would make sense because they already have the assets for Jim Jackson, Jason Kidd, and Jamal Mashburn. And those are the three main pieces of that Mavericks team. Now, if you can get uh, at least five players around them, licenses for them, and make the roster at eight real players, I think that a lot of people wouldn't consider that like a complete waste. You know what I mean? Like you could throw them on the floor, get a few subs in there and whatnot. Ideally, you'd want 10 players, but we know that that's not realistic, and history tells us that with um, with 2K. And and same thing with, like, the 92 Knicks and, and whatnot. I don't believe they have the rights right now for, like, Gerald Wilkins. Um, but they have, um, 
you know, Xavier McDaniel in the game and Patrick Ewing and, Starks, and they have multiple yeah. pieces and Starks and, and um, then they have Mark Jackson. I believe he was on that team too. I want to say in 91, 92 um, and whatnot. So yeah, I mean, they have those, they have those pieces. Uh, so that's, a, that's another realistic one. You would have to find some way to convince them to add that team, even though they already have, um, the 94, 95, excuse me, the, um, the 93, 94 Knicks in there. I mean, uh, actually the one that's in there is 94, 95, 95, 94, 95 Knicks. Yeah. 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 Or 95 Knicks. Yeah. And so. I, that, that is also whether you want to double up, but they're also kind of different teams by that point as well, because of course, McDaniel was gone. The X-Men was gone by 95, uh, a couple of years in Boston. In fact, 95 Celtics, there's a team that, you, that uh, would be very cool to see. Yeah they, would and, never, yeah, they would never do that, though. I don't think they'd ever even consider that. You know, there's another team he brought up, too, that I was going to talk about a little bit later, but the 97 Hawks is... There's a couple aspects of it. I mean, sure, they you, you got a few assets there, but you one of the key pieces, Mookie Blaylock. You have to wonder if they could get the rights for him because he's been in legal trouble, right? Yeah, so yeah. There's things like he's, he's an incredibly important piece to those... Um, mid nineties Hawks team. Starting point and, guard, yeah. Right. If you can't get right, if you can't get Mookie Blaylock there to lead your team, is it worth putting the ninety seven Hawks in there? Like That's, look how empty yeah. the O three O Pistons are without Rashid Wallace. And Tayshawn Prince so. is gone now isn't as well, isn't he? Yeah, he's not in there anymore. Yeah. So that's a problem. Strange. And, and that, that is that is the issue. If you can't get the starters i know they obviously they have done it with the 2004 pistons and the 2000 blazers for that matter with rashid wallace being absent but it, it does again it, it really is conspicuous by their absence obviously uh, i do love the idea of having some more unorthodox teams in there uh, that is a point also that uh, it's also brought up a little bit later by another contribution we have but they have been having some more of those unorthodox out out of the box teams that have been added over the years which is really nice to see it's it's actually worse when they add the current teams or fairly recent retro teams, I should say, than they actually lose players because they're active when they get put into the game and then they retire and they're no longer out of the licensing agreement and they're not contracted anymore and they <laughs> and they end up with losing. So you actually have more players on the really old teams than the, than the newer ones, which is ironic. But I'm okay with them adding those teams. I'd love to see some more um, some more of those teams added. The, the unorthodox. Um, ones and making use of some players that are available in my team at the moment but no, nowhere in the default rosters i'd love to see more of that uh, more of that done as well but you are right you know the, the, with uh, mookie blaylock and the hawks on along those lines the 98 nets would be a very you know the, the supposed team of the future the 98 nets but jason williams yeah i wanted to bring up really quick as i was looking it up so the 91 92 knicks these are the assets that they have right now already in the game patrick ewing mark jackson Xavier McDaniel, Charles Oakley, Anthony Mason, John Starks, Greg Anthony, and Kiki Vandeweghe are all in the game. And actually, maybe they could get Gerald Wilkins in there as well. Um, but if they're going by end of the season roster, James Donaldson finished the season with the Knicks as well, and they already have the rights to him, so that would be nine. Yeah. So 91-92 Knicks is obviously um, a possibility. And that team went 51-31. and 31. Um, and lost to the Bulls in that that um, seven in that uh, seven game series in the in the Eastern Conference semis. That's that's a, that's a great uh, great team to to, uh, to pick. But like you say, licensing issues do come at a certain point, which leads us into our next suggestion uh, from Trent at Cystic underscore Jedi on Twitter. 
the 94, 95, 99, 2000, and 2004 and 2005 Pacers. Of course, you've got those great 90s Pacers uh, teams with uh, with Reggie. You've got the 99, 2000 team that went to the finals, and of course, his final year in 2004 and 05, also marred by the malice in the palace, of course. And Reggie Miller is another great player, uh, conspicuous by his absence in 2K uh, over the years. I'd love to see those Pacers teams. Unfortunately, of course, the sticking point is Reggie, and if you can't get Reggie, you know it's a moot point because you're not you're not you're not getting the uh, uh, Derek McKee was a fine player and maybe an underrated player, Derek, but you don't want you, you don't want the '95 Pacers in the game just for Derek McKee. You, you want Reggie. That makes my unrealistic list. Yeah, if, if Reggie Miller's not going to commit, it's over. Like there's there's no purpose to putting those teams in, and it doesn't seem like he wants to be any part of video games. In fact, I remember him making a, um, a comment about why he he's not in them, and it's because um, I think he doesn't like the idea of video games. Like I don't think he's a video game fan, um, and that's up to him. I mean, that's fine. Um, but I you know I wanted to point out him missing is like from those Pacers teams is like Kareem missing from the Lakers. Like that's how important, you know, to, from those late 80s Lakers teams, that's how important Reggie Miller is. Which happened in 2K14. Kareem was absent. Michael Thompson. Right, did Michael yeah, Thompson was the there, starting center exactly. in the 2K14. I know this right, which is played, like, I know this uh, played the game recently. <laughs> yeah, and then in NBA 2K14, you also can't create players. So it's not like you could try to put Kareem together. You mentioned the 94 and 95 Magic Mavericks, and this is why it's a, a troubling thing. They only have five licenses for players right now. So Jim Jackson, Jamal Mashburn, Jason Kidd, Popeye Jones, and Scott Brooks. So that's that's one of the get teams that um, is realistic because they have the three featured players, the three best players on the team, but they would have to get quite a few more licenses to make that team playable. So next up, we have BB8 Tech Dad at BB8 underscore tech on Twitter. Of course, has the uh, fantastic uh, jam collection. Always has to mention that because that was such a cool picture that he shared with us. Uh, the 82, 83, 76s, which have been mentioned. Uh, the 2003 Wizards, the final uh, Michael Jordan Wizards team. The uh, 2000 Pacers, uh, 91 or 93 Suns, 87 Mavs, and also mentions has a few others, but they'd be fun and notable, but not winning records. And and to that point, I do again, I do like the idea of unorthodox choices and not necessarily including some of the best teams in history, but some of the most interesting teams and short-lived teams and ones like, like again with the '95 Mavericks, you've got the three Jays that were together for, I think about a hundred, what's about a hundred games over three years. They all actually played together, maybe slightly over that, but certainly the '95 season was the only real full season they played together, uh, kids' rookie season. So I, I'm all for those uh, off the wall, out of the box, whatever you want to say, choices. Yeah, but some interesting choices that which I definitely agree with. Unfortunately, I don't think uh, MJ is, is willing to have any of his Wizards years actually represented, but it would be cool to have a, a 2003 Wizards team in there. The 87 Mavericks is really intriguing, and we already have a lot of licenses for those guys. Like um, James Donaldson's on that team, Mark Aguirre, Orlando Blackman, Derek Harper, Brad Davis. Like, we have all those guys. I think that we may have one or two more guys from that team. I'd have to look up the roster. Um, but that is an intriguing team. And as far as the wizards, Jordan's team, I'd actually rather see Oh one Oh two. And that's because he was an MVP candidate through about 50 games. So I think that, uh, it would be really cool to put that Michael Jordan, um, Rip Hamilton, Chris Whitney, Jahidi white team in the game over the Oh two Oh three. When I understand that Oh two Oh three is kind of special because it was his last season playing in the NBA, but I personally would go for Oh one Oh two because of how 
great he was before he went down with his um, with his knee injury. Even even with uh, Stackhouse and Hughes on the uh, 2003 team. Yeah, I'd still take 0102 because I think it's a better version of Michael. Sure. So he's the centerpiece. Um, I just looked up really quick um, to see who else they had on that 86-87 team for the Mavericks and were in better shape because I forgot that they had Sam Perkins and Detlef Schrempf. So they actually have Mark Aguirre, Rolando Blackman, Brad Davis, James Donaldson, Derek Harper, Sam Perkins, Detlef Schrempf, and Bill Wennington was on that team. Of course. As well. So they have eight already licensed for that team, and that team won 55 games and lost in the um, first round against Seattle. That's definitely viable then, obviously. Uh, also should mention that it is 20 years, actually to the day that we're recording this, that uh, Michael Jordan announced his return to the uh, to the Wizards. I did the way back Wednesday this week uh, covering that. 20, <laughs> I mean, it was it was big enough deal when we realized 10 years ago that he said, I'm back in 95. That was 2005, and all of a sudden we're talking about 20 years since that comeback when I was in my second to last year of high school. Yeah, that's kind of mind blowing, Derek. Yeah, isn't it? Makes you feel old. Do you want to? Do you want to? Else is kind of crazy and mind blowing. And uh, there's this guy that was on the 86, 87 Mavericks that I've never heard of before, but he played one. How about this for a name? He played one season for the Mavericks, um, 25 games that season, and his name is Dennis Nutt. Hmm. N-U-T-T. Den- his full name, Dennis Clay Nutt. Never heard of him before. No, so, that's the first time I've heard of him, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, but anyway, yeah, Wizards Jordan. No, it is crazy because, you know, I look back on that time and I was graduating high school um, when Jordan was finishing his last season um, because I graduated high school in 2003. So... Um, yeah, it's just wild how fast time has gone by, and um, I can't believe that's twenty years, um, almost twenty years ago. See, that's also so. that's also interesting because we are the same age, a month between us, in fact. But I, I just remember that our, in in um, Australia, school year runs uh, January to December because, of course, our summer holidays are December. Christmas time is is when our, our year ends. So, um, yeah, I, I finished high school in two thousand two because it's the way the way our school year start starts uh, earlier than uh, than yours and goes with the calendar year. Um, again, one of those interesting things being Northern versus Southern Hemisphere, I suppose. Yeah, my school year was September to June. But yeah, hey, guess what? We're almost up on 100 podcasts done together, and we're connecting from different sides of the world and playing video games together and whatnot. So that's pretty cool. It is. Busball, the great unifier. Right. I mean, and we come from the era of plumbers and dentists, too. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Which, which, frankly, is disrespectful to plumbers and dentists who do very important jobs. Right, exactly. What's wrong with plumbers and dentists? Yeah, I don't understand that. Like, that's not an insult. Does Gen Z not, do... does Gen Z have terrible teeth and no toilets? I mean, <laughs> apparently, apparently they don't need a dentist and they they never need a plumber. Speaking of plumbers, of course, the uh, the new Mario Brothers movie coming out. I mean, how can you top the original, the classic Monkey? I, I'll, t- I'll tell you, if you actually go back and watch those movies, though, they're cringeworthy. Oh yeah, in a lot of ways. <laughs> oh um, yeah. The original, like like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, it is so cringe. It's not even funny watching that. Um, would I still enjoy it and get a kick out of some of it? Sure, probably. Um, but looking back on it, I'd probably be like, oh, my God. Like, did I really think this was cool? I mean, uh, at that age, I suppose. But yeah, no. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Uh, it, was, it was actually pointed out to me, the, of course, the original 
animated series, which debuted in 87, was, was pointed out to me that uh, uh, I'm a Leonardo guy, just putting it out there, because um, he wore blue and had Michael... so. You're a Mikey guy? Yeah, I was a Michelangelo guy. That, I mean, that's fair. He, he was a party dude, obviously. Uh, Leonardo uh, wearing blue and having swords. That that was my rationale in 1990. It is my rationale in 2021. Uh, so that's there's what... got to be a study out there. there. There has to be a study out there that what does it say about you depending on which Ninja Turtle was yours? Oh, it has to like, be, yeah. It's gotta be, there's, I'm going to look this up at some point. There's got to be a thing where it's like, if you favor leonardo and he was your ninja turtle this is your personality type <laughs> something like that there's got to be there's got to be something maybe i was a party dude i don't know well, well the, pro- the problem uh, is with, with leo is that his catchphrase it was pointed out to me now I, if i've gone back and, and watched some of those old ones for nostalgia and i i can't help but notice it now is that uh his, his catchphrase was essentially we've got to insert whatever here it's like we've got to save april we've got to stop the foot clan we don't he, he so he Apparently, if I'm a Leo guy, it means I state the obvious, which maybe I do. So maybe I, maybe I am Leonardo. So there you go. Apparently, if I'm a Michelangelo guy, I like to party a lot, um, say cowabunga, and eat pizza. So that's basically. But, but you know, you also had the importance of uh, appearing in the uh, cartoon All Stars of the Rescue, the anti-drug um, campaign of the '90s, uh, where you could you know, tell people how their uh, their brain was like totally messed up. So <laughs> yeah, of course they have to you know, use the most fried Ninja Turtle who acts the most. <laughs> one that sounds like a stoner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we do have uh, one more uh, uh, submission this week uh, from D Zulu at Debo Khan on Twitter. Shout out to you. The uh, 86 and 87 sixes, uh, Barkley's final squad, of course, McDice's nuggets, uh, not a specific year, but there's a few years that we to pick from and the return of CP3's Hornets, which were taken out, I believe when David West was, uh, was missing uh also of course uh, bba tech dad mentioned the 93 sons and the 91 sons as well charles barkley's another one he's made it very clear that he will appear in the game under the right conditions we talked about this before why, why they continue to not do the right thing it's, and it depends on the money they think it will make i mean the, the classic teams are such a low priority they don't feel like it's they don't make it a priority i mean if they, you know they, they chuck him in my if they got him in the game for my team though he brought up the 86, 87 Sixers, which is uh, Julius Irving's last year. I think I would have rather seen actually the 85, 86 Sixers because um, it was Barkley's breakout year. In his oh, second he, year. he mentions both the 86 and the 87, 76. Oh, he does? Okay, good. Yeah. And the, the other bonus of the 85, 86 Sixers team is they had Bob McAdoo on the bench. Really? Uh, I, I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, so that's another bonus of having that team in there. Um, so, no, I'm glad he mentioned both. I think that I'd rather see 85, 86 um and i just love that young charles charles barkley i posted the highlights before his early career highlights people can say what they want and they can say that the mvp because he won the the award that that was the best version and they made the finals the best barkley the best version of him is that young sixers barkley what an explosive player one of the best athletes i've ever seen and he just defensively he was a menace uh you know really good shot blocker for his size and just really good on uh, like in the passing lanes and whatnot and up the floor he was just unstoppable you know rumbling down the floor and i i just i i love those the, that early young career barkley I he's think awesome that, i think that a lot of, for us, a lot of us 90s kids i think that 93 sons barkley even though he was only with them for four years the same amount that he was for the uh, for the rockets four years with the with the rockets four years with the sons eight years with the 76ers you always kind of think of him as a, as Rockets Barkley or, or Suns Barkley, but yeah, as you said, the 76 Barkley, 
half a full half of his career and a lot of his accomplishments to that point. But as that being said, it's it's a shame with not having Barkley. I mean, the '93 Suns would have been amazing to have in the Jordan Challenge back in the day. Oh yeah, and and you know, but like I'll say, you know, I I stand by Barkley with this. If if they're going to, you know, not make the legends a priority. Um, I wonder if he knows what they do with the rosters. I I think he would probably care about that maybe a little bit because he does care about NBA history and basketball history and whatnot. And he cares about players being treated the right way. Um, But, you know, if he doesn't feel like the classic players, you know, the people who played in the NBA, you know, during his days and and whatnot, and the players that are part of the Retired Players Association, if he doesn't believe that they're being respected and they deserve to be treated better, then I don't blame him for his stance. Um, oh, and I agree with you. Indeed, so indeed. Like, they don't, they don't care. Antonio McDice was one of my favorites back in the day. Uh, loved his game, loved his uh, dunks. Still loved that Danny Manning alley-oop in 98 when he was playing for the Suns. But I- I'd love to see a McDice team in there. If you're going to add, some, again, some more out-of-the-box teams, I- I'm all for some of those uh, weird Nuggets teams, with Van Exel probably and uh, on there. His second run with the Nuggets. You know how much I love Dice. I just I just recently posted um, highlights of a 40-plus point game that he had. I need to go back um, and check that. I, I missed that footage. tweet. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, and I, I smoothed out the footage and whatnot. And just what an explosive player. Just a ridiculously explosive athlete. And he was so good in like the mid-range. And he had nice, a, a nice little post game and whatnot. Yeah, I re- I'm really a fan of McDice. I have no issues with any McDice team being in the game. It'd be fun. So thank you so much for those suggestions. Um, some great ones there. We'll definitely agree with. Some are more uh, viable than others. Uh, to that point, you said you had a list of uh, some teams that we that could be assembled with the assets they have already. Yeah, I can do this really quick. Um, so I made a list. These are teams that I think that are possible based on the assets that are already in the game. Um, the 0203 Wizards are possible. They have a bunch of guys for that team. 9091 or 8990 um, Suns teams. 8687 Mavs, which I've already gone over. The 6162 Celtics, which was suggested. Um, they already have the the rights to Bob Cousy. Um, he's in my team. Um, he's on the all time teams and whatnot. It's just going a couple years, a few years back from 64 65. No reason why they couldn't get that Cousy team in there um, as well. 76-77 Blazers, they've added multiple players from that team to the all-time teams and into my team recently. I think that is a very, that would be a very good possibility, and I think that's one that they would consider when they revisit uh, the classic teams and either take out some to add some or just add some in general. 90-91 Celtics, um, they could do it based on the assets. Uh, they have D. Brown. Um, they have um, Larry Bird, Reggie Lewis, Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish, etc. They're missing some key bench assets, um, but they do have enough assets to put that team together. 91-92 Jazz or 90-91 Jazz. Um, they have Jeff Malone now. They have they they would need to get the rights to um, Blue Edwards, but they have quite a few pieces for that team as well. They already have the rights to Mark Eaton, etc. Um, Do they have Kevin Edwards uh, in the game? Because they could just make him Blue Edwards. Because <laughs> throw back to Jam. Just throw Kevin Edwards on him. No, he's not. But um, 91, 92, um, 91, 92 Knicks are realistic. The 93, 94 Warriors are also realistic because they have the rights to Tim Hardaway, um, Lat- uh, Latrell Sprewell, uh, Chris Weber, and Chris Mullen. Uh, I believe Avery Johnson was also on that team as well. Um, they have the rights to him. So uh, that's the and, thing. Tim, Tim Hardaway actually missed that whole year. 
um, with injury. He's dead, and, still be on the roster. And still be on the roster. Avery Johnson, of course, the starting point guard in his absence, I believe. Right, yeah. exactly. Tim Hardaway could still be on the roster. It's one of those what-if teams. Marshall Onis yeah. is on that team, I believe. Yep, yeah. Uh, yeah, they they um, they have enough pieces on that team. The 94-95, uh, excuse me, the 94-95 um, uh, Spurs, obviously very realistic because they have the rights to Rodman. Um, and, you know, the, a lot of those base players um are already in the game uh 96 97 pistons they already have the the rights to a lot of those guys um the teams that are unrealistic the reggie miller teams are unrealistic because i don't think he wants to be in video games so they would have to get the license the licensing for him and i'm just not sure that he has any interest in being in video games the barkley teams are unrealistic unless 2k gives in and donates to the retired players association and does the right thing. And I don't think that they will, uh, the 96, 97 Hawks for the reason that I mentioned, I don't think that's very realistic. Um, just based on Mookie Blaylock being a, an important, really important piece and being in legal trouble. They getting that licensing would be difficult and older teams. Somebody mentioned the 66, 67 warriors, which I modded into two K 17 while they do have Rick Barry and Nate Thurmond in the game. You got to understand that getting licenses for some of the players on the team have passed away. Um, some of them, I don't even know where they are, but guys like Paul Neumann and Jeff Mullins um, and uh, you know Joe Ellis and these are guys from the '66, '67 Warriors, um, and even like Al Adels and whatnot. It'd be very hard to get those guys in the game. Yeah, into a. It's either, uh, it's either selling uh, older gentlemen on something they may have no interest or understanding of, or the families, and it's yeah, or, right, or they passed away, and now you have to find a way to go through the estate, right? Exactly. And so I think that what ends up happening is, is some of those older teams. I would love to see. Are you kidding me? I'd love to see a Bob Pettit team in there, right? I'd love to see the Royals in there with um with Oscar Robertson. Like I'd love to see that stuff, but getting the licensing for deceased players or like you had stated you know maybe older gentlemen who may have no interest in being taking part in video games um more traditional and whatnot i think that that would be a huge challenge so i don't think that any of those super older teams are really in the cards i mean you, like, get, a, I don't you get a few i mean you look at my team there are some and of course the all-time teams you do see some of those um, older players in there which is really cool uh, you know, George Mike and whatnot. The team, right? The whole right, team, exactly. yeah. A whole yeah, team. That's the problem, right? Or at least even enough assets for a to, team, even to get, eight. Yeah, even to get a starting lineup of five, maybe tough in some some situations. Right, exactly. Right. So I think that while they're great suggestions, and from mod from a modding standpoint on PC, we can we can make it happen, right? Like I just created a, a face for Oscar Schmidt, who's like a an '80s basketball legend, really. Um, and uh, do you know he averaged forty? Do you know he averaged forty-two point three points per game in nineteen eighty-eight in the Olympics? Yeah, he was he was the all-time leading scorer in the Olympics, was he not? For a while there, yeah, I, I believe the guy is uh, walking it, bu- the walking bucket, just ridiculous. Is it Carmelo yeah. or Durant has recently passed him? Um, I thought Carmelo Carmelo had already passed him, and then I think Durant passed Melo. Right, is that? Yeah, it was yeah. something like that. That might have been the order. I'd have to look it up. But, you know, on PC, we can just make it happen. 
with the talented community and whatnot. But for console users, it's it's just it's um, it's sometimes impossible. I just want to throw out a couple of really quick ones. I know there's there's value in having that because as you, as we mentioned, there's a tendency to once they get the teams in the game to just kind of leave them. And it's teams that were originally included for NBA's greatest, even when they're not really necessarily the best team to have moving forward, like the '98 Spurs. I think the '99 Champion Spurs would be much better. Also, I'd also love that because we could possibly get Andrew Gaze in the game, Australian legend Andrew Gaze. I want Ian Gadara in the game. Oh, you you want a '95 Nets, '96 Nets? <laughs> I would love a Ian Gadara in the game because I would try to lead the league in assists in uh, my NBA. Well, uh, all, all the more reason for us to play some tournament edition then with those incredible ratings he has. Yeah. Well, the good thing is, is that on tournament edition, they didn't make him a zero on pass. Ironically, yeah. <laughs> or whatnot. Um, he, I mean, the guy had an entire season where he had like one assist. Um, if anybody deserves the lowest rating on pass, it's Yankadare. Yes. But. And the, the other suggestion I'll throw out there is I'd love to have a Vancouver Grizzlies throwback team. Again, to have the assets. And also just, yeah, because it's, they're historically important. I'd love to have the original Grizzlies and the original Raptors. The, their first years in 95, 96. I'd love to have those teams in there. The Damon Stoudemire Raptors. Exactly. Just fun teams, fun art, fun courts, fun jerseys. Um, yeah, a lot of nostalgia with those two teams coming in. I remember at the time, real quick, not to take up too much time with this, but I remember at the time thinking that the names Grizzlies and Raptors were stupid. Like, I was, I think I was like 11 or 12 years old, and I was like, oh, this is going to ruin the way that, you know, they're, 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 they're cartoony. That's the way I was thinking it. Like, oh, a raptor, a dinosaur as a logo. Um, oh, a grizzly bear, etc. cetera. Um, and now I look back on it, and, you know, I look at those teams, and I look at them fondly. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. I, love the, I love the jerseys. But I remember when they were coming in, I'm like, oh, this is kind of silly. I mean, um, people said the same but, thing about the Bobcats, but then it's like, oh, okay, what's a Laker? What's a 76er, really? As, exactly. As you don't think of it at that. Right, exactly. I think I was looking at the logos and stuff back then, and I was just like, this is – for some reason, like, I took it as, like, immature. Like, I, I, I didn't like how cartoon it was. Um, well, people but still then, hate those Rockets jerseys, which I still – the pajama jerseys. I still love them. Ones? I love those. Those are some of my favorite. They were my favorite, some of my favorite at the time, too, though. Yeah, like same. I loved. Uh, I've those never got the hate for them. Never got the yeah. hate for them. I mean, I've, I've I seen, don't think yeah. they're ugly. The logo is great, and it's not like it's a terrible color either. No, I don't know. But yes, thank you for those suggestions. We'll be putting out more of those mailbag prompts each and every week. Although you can also suggest topics and throw us some questions as well. But always great to talk about retro teams, Derek. No, I love it. Um, and thanks for all the comments and getting involved in the podcast and whatnot. And I hope every single person that commented also will listen to our responses and our discussion on it. Um, but yeah, please keep interacting with the show because we enjoy it. Indeed. Let us know your impressions of NBA 2K22, what you thought of the article that uh, we talked about. We'll post a link to that somewhere that you can check it out if you haven't already. And let us know your uh, some of the retro teams you'd like to see. And of course, which Ninja Turtle you are and how you think that what you think that says about your personality. Oh my God, please. Listen, they have studies around everything now. There's got to be a study about that. That has brought us to the end of episode 394 of the NLSC podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. The podcast comes out every week on the NLSC, which is mb-live.com, of course. 
We're also on all the major podcatching apps and platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, etc. On those platforms, search for NLSC Podcast, look for our logo, and that will be us. And if you would be so kind to leave us a hopefully positive review on Apple Podcasts, that would also be very much appreciated. But as long as you're tuning in each and every week and enjoying the show, that is the main thing. And as we wrap up here, Derek, what are your socials? And do you have any other final words for our wonderful listeners this week? Uh, a new top 10 is coming out this Saturday. Um, so keep sending me those highlights because I love putting it together. Um, Andrew sometimes gets uh, an early glimpse at the top 10 that I'm putting together. I send him it at like a preview. Uh, and yeah, we really enjoy it. Um, and I enjoy posting that each week. And this week is week 19, how, how time flies. I am on vacation um, from work from October 1st to October 11th. So, yes, people, I actually have a real job. I, I don't just basketball game all day. Um, You're a plumber, aren't and, you? And a dentist. A plumber and a dentist. <laughs> yeah. I'm a plumber and a dentist. Um, and I play basketball video games and mod. It's like some kind of superhero. No, I, I have off from October 1st to the 11th. So um, I really would like to get a couple um, holding court podcast episodes in during that time and so tune into holding court with d for three um at apple podcast stitcher podcast addict uh amazon audible um clns media uh also uh, follow me on twitter at d for 384 and at d for 3g uh i am on youtube and i've been uploading a lot of gameplay videos of nba 2k22 um that's d for three and i'm on the nlsc uh d for three as I mentioned at the top of the show, I am Andrew in the forum and Andrew NLSC on Twitter. The NLSC is on Facebook and Twitter at the NLSC. Our Instagram is NLSC Basketball. Our YouTube channel where you can find the top 10 plays of the week each and every week. Again, week 19, time really has flown. That is youtube.com slash Center, And of course, keep it locked to the NLSC itself, mb-live.com, for everything we do for basketball video games. But yes, that's all for this week, so thank you once again for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Derek. Go get buckets, everyone.